0: Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to my story dot com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message.
1: Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today on a beautiful day to be in church. I'd like to welcome all those in our Grovetown campus. I'd like to welcome those in our South Campus, those watching online and on demand. I hope you've had a great week. You know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the seven-year-old that was sitting in church with his mom? And um, the pastor was preaching, came to a really quiet moment in the service, and all of a sudden, he let out this loud whistle. I mean, everybody turned and looked at him. His mother was so embarrassed, grabbed him or took him out to the lobby and said, son, whatever, what made you do something like that? He said, well, he said, I've been asking God to teach me how to whistle, and he did. (laughs) That young man understood the power of an answered prayer. So this week, we're completing our our 21 days of prayer, and I want to encourage you to join with us that and the, and see for yourself the power of an answered prayer. If you'd like to add a prayer request, you can look at the, um, the seat back in front of you at all of our campuses, and there should be a card there, and you can fill out your prayer request and lay it on the stage at the conclusion of the service, and then we'll be praying over you tomorrow. But today, we're continuing our series called Your Story Matters, and what we've learned in this is everybody has a story. Now, a lot of us have stories that we are very, very proud to tell. We say, remember that time, and then we tell a story about when we did something and we overcame, or maybe when we won a game. Or we tell that time that, oh, man, I did something so stupid, I still laugh at myself for doing that, and we tell that story. And we all laugh about those stories that we're proud to tell. But all, all of us also have pages in our story that we're not proud of. Pages that we would like to rip out of our story. Or maybe some have entire chapters that we wish were not there. We're not proud of those seasons. Here's what we know we cannot rewrite the past, but we can make decisions today that will uh, determine our future. In fact, that's the big idea for this series that the decisions that you make today will determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. The decisions that you make today will determine the stories that you tell tomorrow. In this series, we've been making decisions. The first week, I decided to start, and we talked about disciplines that we would embrace so that we can start a new year and a new life. Last week, we talked about I decided to stop, and that there are certain things that, hey, we're gonna stop doing. Today, the focus is I decided to stay. I decided to stay. How many of you have ever been in a place where you just wanted to leave? You don't have to raise your hand, but you know, you just wanted to leave. Maybe it was in a job, or maybe it was in a a circumstance, or maybe it was a relationship, maybe it was a dream or vision that you think it's never going to happen. I'm just going to give up on that. And you made this decision I'm going to stay. And some of you are at that place now. You're trying to figure out, do I stay or do I walk away? Do I stay where I am or do I walk away? Let me say this. There are times in your life when you need to walk away. You just need to close that chapter in your life because there's a brand new chapter. But on the other hand, there are times that the best decision that you could make is to stay the course. The best decision that you can make is to stay the course even though it would be easier for you to walk away. And today I know that I'm speaking to some that you've been wrestling with that very question, should I stay? Should I I go? What should I do? And you're tempted to give up. I pray that during this message that you will be reminded that God has his hand on your life and that he's going to see you through this season. And so just be attentive to that prompting. Just be attentive to his voice. I want you to stay. You may be tired. You may be discouraged. You may be tempted to give up. You may be embarrassed. But I want you to understand that God is faithful. God is going to give you the power to take one more step. God is going to give you the power uh, to get through those very things that you are going through. Today, we're going to open up the pages of the Bible, and we're going to look at a story from the Old Testament. It's the story of a a lady named Naomi. It's found in the book of Ruth right after the book of Judges. It's a small book about toward the front of the Old Testament. Now, Naomi was married, and her husband was a guy named Elimelech. And they lived in the town of Bethlehem. And during their uh, early marriage, uh, things really got tough in Bethlehem. In fact, they were going through a famine, and there was just not enough food for them to eat and for, to feed the community. So Elimelech made this decision to, to move his family to a place where they could find food. So they moved to Moab. They had with them two of their sons, and it was during this time that their sons grew up and uh, found uh, wives there in Moab and so you've got uh, Elimelech and then uh, the two sons and their wives but then the sons, uh, all of a sudden he died he died suddenly and this threw the family into a tailspin because he was an important part of, of the life he was the leader of the family but he died suddenly and I'm telling you in our world today you hear that talked about a lot somebody died suddenly. It seems like to me, and it could be just me, but it seems like every week we're hearing of somebody who died suddenly, and it could be because of social media, or it could be the world in which we live in because of the, the long-term effects of COVID, and we're seeing that as it has moved, or maybe even uh, the effects of the vaccine as it has affected certain people, and, but for whatever reason, we see this that they died suddenly. If you've ever been through that experience um, then you could probably feel the angst and the burden that, that Naomi felt when she heard the news that her husband was gone. It was tragic. It was tragic for for her because now she's there trying to fend for herself, and I'm sure that her son stepped up. It was tragic for Um, For those, because during this season, as her sons uh, really stepped up to take care of her, then something happened. They went to war, and both of her sons were tragically killed in the war. So now you've got Naomi, along with her daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth. All three of these women were widows all three of these women were, were left there. And, and just think about it. In those days, it's not like you had a Social Security that could step up and help. It's not like there were government support. So they couldn't go down to a quick-serve restaurant and pick up some shifts. They couldn't work at a department store. In those days, if you worked, you worked either in agriculture or in construction. And so they found themselves in a very difficult place And one day, Naomi, the mother-in-law, said to her daughter-in-law, she said, look, I want you to go back home. I want you to go back home to where you came from and go to your parents, and and maybe God will provide a husband for you. And Orpah, one of the daughters-in-law, listened to her mother-in-law and said, okay, I'm going to do that, took that advice. She moved home, and there's no shame in that. It was just made logical sense for Orpa uh, to do that. Orpa went back home, and we don't hear from Orpa uh, any time later, until later she became a very famous talk show host on television. <laughs> no, that's Oprah, Oprah. But there is a story that, because a, uh, Oprah is named from this story in the Bible, and they misspelled Orpa's name on her birth certificate. And she tells this story, and uh, so that's how she got the name Oprah. Aren't you glad you came to church? (laughs) So the next time you have a Trivial Pursuit game and and, um, that comes up, you will have the answer. But Oprah went back home, but Ruth, the other daughter-in-law, decided to stay. Ruth decided to stay when it would have been much easier for her to go. Naomi tried to talk her out of staying, but Ruth just wouldn't back, back off. She said, No, I'm staying with you. In fact, four times in this verse, I mean, in this uh, story, four times, Naomi said, I need you to go back. I want you to go back to your family. I want you to go back to your mother. And Ruth turned to this old woman, Naomi, and, and she said these words She said, Do not urge me to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay, and your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried, and may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her to go. Ruth demonstrated a commitment, a commitment to her mother in law, Naomi. And this becomes an inspiring example of loyalty, an expiring example of faithfulness. It teaches us the importance of sticking through the hard times, pressing through the problems, staying faithful, and staying connected. We can learn from Ruth to put aside feelings of bitterness and anger and resentment and focus on those things that really matter. In the end, it's people that matter. And Ruth was saying to her mother-in-law, look, we're family here. We're family, and I am not leaving you. I am going to stay. And at this point, they they just walk forward together. They're taking on the world. They're they're like the original Thelma and Louise that are going uh, down the road together. Live or die, we're together in this, and we're going to make it. And so they got on the road, and they headed toward Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, they were broke. They went back home. They were broke. They were hungry. And so Ruth went to the fields to glean from the harvesters. Now, in those days, you would have harvesters that go out in the field, and they would glean the products. And then those... Um, <clears throat> those uh, items that they did not that they left behind the under-resourced could follow and take those that are uh, left over and they would take that and that's how they would eat and so here here's what would happen is that if they found food they had dinner but if those under-resourced didn't find food they would not have dinner And so Ruth was out in the fields working to try to get dinner for Naomi and her. And month after month, she just kept taking care of Naomi, getting food, serving her dinner, being her friend. And one day, Ruth was out in the field gathering up wheat for dinner, and she met a man named Boaz, and he was the owner of all the fields, and he was one of the wealthiest people in the region. And Boaz had heard Ruth's story how Ruth had stayed with Naomi when it would have been easier for her to go. And look at his response to Ruth. Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and your mother and your homeland, and you came to live with a people you didn't know before. He said, may the Lord repay you. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings that you have come to take refuge. Boaz was saying, Ruth, I've heard your story. I know what you've done. I know how you left uh, your mother and father you you stayed with your mother-in-law and as a result of that Boaz pronounced a blessing on her and I don't believe either one of them at that particular time understood the power of these words or understood the power of this blessing as the story unfolds later on we see that, that Boaz ended up marrying Ruth and that blessing came upon them and they had a son. They had a son named Obed, and Naomi took care of Obed just as if uh, that child was her own, and it gave Naomi purpose as a grandmother. But you know, Obed grew up and had uh, a son named Jesse, and Jesse grew up and had a son named David. Yes, David The hero David, the the hero of David and Goliath, King David, who in his lineage came Jesus. So Jesus came from Ruth's bloodline. Her life changed. Her life changed and her legacy changed when Ruth decided to stay when it would have been easier for her to go. Now, don't miss the power of this. She didn't stay hoping God would bless her, hoping that God would help her. She stayed because she believed that it was the right thing for her to do. And I believe that God blessed her because she did what was right. She she decided to stay. I believe that every one of us can develop staying power by embracing four principles from the life of Ruth today. Here's the first one. When you make a promise to God, you should be quick to keep it. When you make a promise to God, you should be quick to keep it. Ruth made a promise to God. She made a promise to her family She said, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay, and your people will be my people. And notice this, and your God will be my God. She made that commitment, and she was saying, God, I'm yours. I surrender to you. God, wherever you lead me, I will go. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Have you ever come to the place where you're in this this valley of decision, and you say, God, I don't know where I'm supposed to go, but I, I am submitted to you, and I just say to you, wherever you lead me, that's where I'll go. I want you to open the doors for me, Lord. Those doors that I'm supposed to go through, God, I want you to close the doors. Those are the doors that I'm supposed to stay away from, God, lead me and guide me. She goes on to say, be it ever so severely, if anything, but death separates us. Naomi was the mother-in-law, not the mother. And when you love your mother-in-law like that, to that point, that really shows the depth of her character. This leads us to the second point. When you love someone, you should never give up on them. When you genuinely, truly love someone, you should never give up on them. Ruth refused to give up in spite of the circumstances. When her husband died, she was broke. Her husband didn't leave her any money. It's not like that they had insurance back then. He didn't leave uh, uh, any resources. And in addition to that, the conditions were desperate. Can you imagine How it must have felt in those days for these ladies not to have enough food to eat. Sometimes we forget that food is a gift. We forget that food is a gift. We hear about food shortages and we hear about famines. But in our mind, we think, oh, that's in distant lands. That's in different distant people groups. But food scarcity is real. And according to the United Nations, that today, 21,000 people will die today of starvation. There are people in our own community that struggle to put food on the table. That's why in 2016, we launched the Augusta Dream Center to provide food, to provide clothes and medical help to people in, to the under-resourced people in our community this ministry happens because of your generosity. We say this every week. Thank you for being a generous church. And this ministry, the Dream Center, is reaching people because of what you are doing. So tell us about the work of the Dream Center and specifically uh, what you're doing in our community
2: absolutely so like pastor marty said food scarcity is very real here today at about 4 30 or 4 45 there's going to be a line that's going to form outside of the doors at the augusta dream center and that's because we serve a hot meal at five o'clock and people are hungry people will stand when it's cold in this rain it doesn't matter and that's just what we do when we're desperate so feeding a hot meal every Sunday, and we have a food pantry that's open several days during the week, and we also open every first Saturday. And so I feel like we're doing what we can to develop programs to wrap around people right here in our city who are hurting and suffering from these hunger-related issues.
1: And hunger's a big deal, and, and what you're doing is making a difference. Here's what you may not know. In Richmond County, there are 97 people uh, Groups that are food distribution groups, um, 97 of them, and the Dream Center. You're you're the second largest food uh, distributor of food in the region in a 25 county region.
2: Correct. So we're partnered with Golden Harvest, and we are involved with food pantries uh, that span across 25 counties, and there's actually 200 pantries across those. 25 counties, but we are number two food distributor right here in
1: our city. In efficiency and ministry of what?
2: Yes, number one. We're actually, according to Golden Harvest, we rank number one in just our holistic approach of wrapping around people that are hurting.
1: And so we see the importance of being there, and times are tough. Have you seen... Any change in the ministry in the last year?
2: Absolutely. So beginning in July of 2022, we began to see a a 52% increase in the number of people that we were serving every single week. And uh, what's really staggering about that number is 30% of that 52%. Those are families and individuals who never needed our services before. And so it's just um, we've really struggled to keep up with the food demand.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, we want to do whatever we can do to help, and so I want to just challenge you to when you go to the grocery store over the next couple of weeks, I want you to buy extra food, and on February the 12th, which happens to be Super Bowl Sunday, we're going to bring food, uh, all of our campuses, Grovetown South Campus, we're going to bring food, and we're going to donate that to the Dream Center. So quick question, okay, I'm going to the grocery store, what should I buy?
2: You know, I like to tell people just to think about what it is that you eat. So if you're feeding your kids cereal and instant grits and oatmeal for breakfast, buy some of that. You know, if it's spaghetti, uh, pasta, spaghetti sauces, macaroni and cheese, anything that's non-perishable, those are going to be wonderful items, great staples for the families that we serve.
1: So how do I bring it? Do I bring it in a plastic bag, a box? Uh,
2: You know, you can bring it however you want, right? We're going to, whatever works for you. Don't do that. At least bring
1: it in a bag, okay?
2: We will have bins available though okay, to okay. collect all of those.
1: Well, we are so proud of you. We're so proud of the work that you're doing and how you're making a difference in this community. God Thank bless you. you. You know, Ruth in Back to the Bible did not allow the difficulties of her life to discourage her. So many times we can look at the setbacks. And we can just go to a very dark place and um, go to a place of discouragement. But she was determined. And she made a decision, I'm going to stay the course. I'm not going to give up. And that's what love does. Love says, I'm not going to give up on this. That's the message of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when it says, Love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never gives up. It it perseveres through the problems. Perseverance is is that uh, when you are feeling the pressure, you learn to grow through the pressure. Love gives you staying power. And so I just want to encourage you along the way to stay in the game. Press through this problem. Next verse in 1 Corinthians said, love never gives up. It, It never loses faith. It's always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. It would be so easy for you to give up. But I want you to stay. I want you to press through the problem. And you say, Pastor Marty, you don't understand what I'm going through, and I don't. And your circumstances are different than other circumstances uh, in our church. But I do know this, that there is a power greater than yourself. It is the power of love. It's the power of Jesus Christ in you. And I just want you to stay. I just want you to press through this. I don't want you to give up. And then to those of you that are connected to someone who is going through a difficult time, who's going through a struggle, I want you to rally around that person. And I want you to be the strength when your friend or your loved one is at his weakest point or her weakest point. I want you to be there because love Presses through the problem. Love refuses to give up. Now, when you're caught, here's the third point. When you're caught in a circumstances that you did not choose, when you're caught in a circumstances that you did not choose, I want you to be patient and I want you to put your trust in God. All of us have been in situations and circumstances that we didn't choose. Life has been difficult. The circumstances have been difficult. We never would have chosen where we are now, but we are where we are. And so I just want you to be patient, and I want you to do what you can do, but be patient and put your trust in God. Put your, just press through this. When you're in this very dark place, You can fall apart or you can fall on your knees. That's the choice. You can fall apart or you can fall on your knees and you can cry out to God and say, God, I need help and I need you to bring help now. And so hear that because all of us, if the truth is known, every single one of us have been in circumstances that we didn't choose could be in a relationship issue it could be in a job issue it could be in a school issue we didn't choose to go through this but this is what we have got to go through because look we know that this we live in a broken world this world has been cursed by sin and by sickness and disease and we are living as in that world This world is not our home. This world is not heaven. This world is going to pass away. So you can do everything you can do to stop global warming, but let me say this. This uh, heaven and earth are going to pass away, and there's a new heaven and a new earth. So that tells us that we are to look forward, that we're just sojourners. We're just passing through our home, and our hope is in heaven. But we've got to be patient, and we've got to trust God. We've got to trust God that he is going to bring us through. Ruth decided to stay when it would have been easier for her to go. Now, I said there's four things that will give us staying power. Four things. Now, this fourth thing is not necessarily from Ruth's story, but it's from my story. And here's the point. I want you to learn to praise God for the partial victories, praise God for the partial victories as you wait for your prayers to be answered. I want you to learn to praise God for the partial victories. We all have things in our lives that are incomplete. Maybe a dream doesn't come to pass, a goal is not met, a problem hadn't turned around. Maybe we've made some progress. Maybe we see a sign of God moving in that, but it's still, it's unfinished. One mistake that we make is that we wait for the total victory to happen before we celebrate. You know, uh, once I get over this uh, illness, then I'll celebrate. Once I get over this legal problem, then I'll celebrate. Uh, once I break free from this addiction, then I will celebrate. No, It's so important for you to come to the place where you consider your partial victories. You got to consider your partial victories. Maybe you're not totally out of debt, but you paid off a credit card. You need to uh, celebrate that. You need to celebrate that. Uh, Maybe you haven't lost all the weight that you want to lose, but you've lost five pounds. You need to celebrate that. Not with a bowl of ice cream, but you need to celebrate that. Maybe you haven't received your college degree, but you finished a semester. You need to celebrate that. When you celebrate your partial victories, it's going to give you strength to press on. When you thank God for your partial victories, I believe he's going to come with strength, and he's going to come with healing, and he's going to come with favor. Sometimes we get so focused on the completion of a goal that we fail to thank God for the progress that we have made. Our family is learning how to celebrate the partial victories, specifically when it comes to my grandson, Shepard. Shepard's a three-year-old, and we're learning how to navigate his life with Cruzon syndrome. And so we're really struggling to understand, to celebrate those partial victories. Saris, <laughs> tell us about uh, Shep.
0: That's right. If y'all haven't met Shepherd, this is Shep. He is three years old. He's the baby of our family. Um, when he was born, we knew that he wasn't breathing well. Uh, Right away, uh, he was born in November, so I just remember Christmas morning sitting up and holding him and listening to him breathe and thinking, this just doesn't make sense. This isn't right, Um, and he's not sleeping well, and we're not sleeping well because this just doesn't add up, and so that concern and that fear and that awareness of him just started us on a journey, a journey of trying to understand what was wrong with Shepard and how we could help. We felt helpless knowing that he was struggling so much um, and we couldn't identify it. So we started with uh, a visit to our ENT and they essentially, they couldn't see anything. Uh, they tried to check out his his air passageways and they couldn't get any Um, cameras up there or anything, and we learned that he had about 85% blockage in his nose. Um, So with that, I mean, of course, you feel some relief of justification of we knew there was something, but of course, what in the world does this mean? Because they couldn't even tell us what that was. Um, So we just kept going and meeting doctor after doctor. Um, Finally, we ended up um, connecting with a local guy that specials in, specializes in craniofacial issues. And he walked in the room and we had Shepard. He walked in and looked at Shepard and said, you have Cruzon syndrome. Um, immediately, Drew and I both are just overcome with emotion, uh, just shocked that he had an answer. And he's like, I'm sorry, did I not, was I too insensitive? And we were just, no, we've been searching for an answer. And we have relief and just knowing that now we know what we're dealing with. Um, from there, we learned a little bit about Crouzon Syndrome. It's a, like a type of craniosynostosis where basically his cranium didn't form correctly. Um, and so that created issues with his whole face developing. It created mid-face um, development issues, which could mean um, messed up vision, Hearing, it can mean that he's not going to be able to talk the same way or eat the same way, and it's a major concern for airways and just keeping um, him able to breathe and sleep. Um, so that's where we started. Mm. Um, with that diagnosis, we were able to pair up with a team, um, this craniofacial team of like seven doctors, and which ended up being quite a blessing, that they're right here in town with this team of doctors, we'd be able to meet with one after another all on one day. And then they'd come together at the end of the appointment and they'd just collaborate on how to take care of Shepherd. So we've done that uh, five times or so. So we had one of those appointments in November. So this this visit, Drew and I went in pretty confidently because Shepard, he's just been doing so well. He's been sleeping so well. He's just been hitting milestones. We are just so proud of him. So we go to that doctor's appointment, and we met with each of the doctors, um, and it was a positive appointment. Um, we ended that appointment meeting with the audiologist, and with that, we he did a, a hearing test, which we've done um, at all of these. So this wasn't anything new for us, but this time, it's he was old enough for them to test each ear individually. So Drew and I went into this small room with him. It's a soundproof room, and they stick these, these headphones in his ears, and they monitor all sorts of things. And so Shepard's sitting there participating. He's doing so well um but at one point in the test he turns around and he looks at me and says mom what did her say because he knew he was supposed to be hearing something and he he couldn't hear her um I looked at Drew in that test and just like not knowing what that meant not knowing you know what these results were going to be um so we went back to the room while well, the ENT doctor came back to our room, which we had already met with her, and it was a positive meeting. So we weren't really expecting, and she said, "Hey, I've looked at these test results, and he's deaf. He's deaf in his left ear, and and we've got to address this." She said, "At his age, at three, this could mean this could get in the way of the rest of his development. So we're going to have to talk about surgery. We're going to have to talk about how to fix Shepherd's mm-hmm. healing." So. Drew just knowing that we were about to enter into a busy ministry season and the holidays, he said, "Okay, let's just let's put this on pause. Um, let's come back in January, and we'll make a plan to take care of Shepherd." So at that point, we walked away and uh, we committed this to prayer, uh, just asking the Lord to build our faith. And um, many of you have prayed over our prayer card. You've told me you've been praying for us. Um, And so this appointment rolled back around. It was, of course, scheduled in 21 days of prayer. And we had this appointment on Tuesday uh, to go to meet with the doctors, to redo the the, uh, hearing test, and to make a plan for how to get his care. So we went and took this test. I tell you, there were obstacles that morning of. It was was like an hour and a half late. Getting this test was very frustrating, and Shepard's losing his patience. And I'm saying to Drew, he's not going to take the test well if he's this exhausted. Exhausted. But we got and finally got in there. He sat in my lap and just followed all the instructions and did so well. We, um, I don't really know what's happening, but thinking that he's doing well, and we make it back to the doctor's uh, office afterwards, and the ENT came in, and this time she came in covered in joy, and she looked at us and said, "I cannot explain what these results represent. I don't understand what happened, but he can hear. He can hear in his left ear." Thank you. And, of course, Drew in his boldness said, I can explain it. We've been praying, and this is a miracle. And she said, yeah, this is, this is a miracle. Amen.
1: And on that card there, you'll see the results from November and then the results from January. We've been reminded that God hears and answers prayer and that God heals. And Shepherd's going to have other issues that we'll address down the road. What we've learned or we are learning to thank God for the partial victories and this was a partial victory but it was a huge huge victory and we believe that the same God that touched that little three year old's hearing can touch you can be with you right where you are today so I don't know what it is that you're faced with those in our grovetown campus those in our south campus I don't know those issues, but I do know this, that God is bigger. I do know this, that God wants to touch you right where you are, right in this valley that you're in. And we want to pray over you today, and we want to believe that God uh, completes what he has started in your life. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask Sarah to pray in just a minute, and then I'll close it out. And Todd's uh, and the music team's going to come around to sing. As they're singing, if you want to be prayed for with specific prayers, you can come forward, and there will be prayer team members here that will pray for you, and we'll just believe God's going to touch you right where you are. So in all of our campuses, let's just stand up together.
0: Father, we thank you. For your healing. We thank you that you care even about the smallest details of our lives, Father, and that you hear our prayers, God. Right now, we just come before you with expectancy, God. We're asking that you would build our faith as we bring these needs to you, Father, that you would stir up a faith inside of our hearts so that we would be ready with boldness to pray prayers asking for you to move, Father. So right now, I lift up all the needs for healing, Father, and we call on you, Jehovah Rapha, our healer God, and we are just believing for you to move in this place, just as you moved in Shepherd's life, just as you healed his left ear, that we are claiming and believing for that same kind of faith and healing today, right here in this room.
1: Father, I just pray that your power would touch people who are desperate today that their issue is uh, really the the, the war that's going on in their mind. There's a battle going on with with just thoughts, negative thoughts, uh, evil thoughts. I just pray in the name of Jesus that we bring every thought into captivity and we declare that nobody but Jesus is gonna run your life. So we speak life over you. Those of you that are in spiritual battles, we push back the darkness, through the name of Jesus. And we go on the offensive and we ask Jesus to send angels to guard you, to encamp roundabout about you, to, to post a, a watch at your house, to cover you when you're in your car. We say, let this happen in your life, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, to those long-term conditions, to those chronic pain issues to the pain has just been so uh, uh, current that in those moments, God, I ask that you would give a reprieve. But not only a reprieve, that you would turn it around and you would touch the very source of the cause, that problem area. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that healing would flow in this congregation. I pray, God, that this place would be a place that knows your power and that receives your miracles. Let this be a house of miracles in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.